0: today's episode of whatso Sim radio on the whatsousan podcast network is brought to you by the albums of the decade project also on the Sim podcast network y'all please check out the albums of the decade project like review subscribe the first 11 episodes are up and ready for y'all to listen to whenever you're ready episode 12 will be posted this week on Thursday this is a a long podcast week for us here at what Susanson we have today's we have Thursday's uh, the albums of the decade and we have another basketball project on Friday that I'll be outlining in the outro. So, yes, please, uh Albums of the Decade, the first 11 episodes like I said are already up for you to listen to. Episode 12 is coming and that'll be the end of season 1. Season 2 is already uh in production. We have interviews lined up, a couple have already been recorded, and I'm really excited to um get into it this summer, man. I feel like the first 12 have gone swimmingly well. Have gotten really great reviews from the folks who have participated and listeners alike. So, yeah, like I said, really excited to get into Season 2 and hopefully Season 3. Season 3 is also um, in production, sort of, kind of. I don't want to jump the gun too much before I do Season 2, but Season 3 is already planned and an episode for Season 3 has already been recorded. So definitely looking forward, like I said, to get that out to you guys in the upcoming months. And um, in general, just check out everything happening at com from photography to consulting to Miss Rhonda Morgan's entertainment essays to the stuff I may or may not be writing at the moment. Um, just please check out everything we have going on at the project. Again, what's com. one more time, what's sim.com and listen to all of our podcasts, um, current and upcoming, wherever you stream your music and podcasts on deck, we have a friend of the project, my brother, Jeremy hurt, um, from let's talk, bro, a podcast on black masculinity drops every Wednesday, wherever you stream your podcast, um, Ari for that coming up shortly. But, um, Yeah, Jeremy is a Chicago native, born and raised, likewise grew up idolizing Michael Jordan, except for he did it in the city. Michael Jordan came to dominate in the 80s and 90s, whereas I did it in the city that I would like to think was integral to Michael Jordan's um, sort of star burgeoning into becoming the greatest player of all time. It is what it is. Shout out to the Detroit Pistons. Um, But yeah, just wanted to talk to Jeremy about just sort of nostalgia stuff he remembered growing up in Chicago in the 90s. Um, how Michael Jordan and, and June Parade kind of <laughs> became synonymous with each other and he just kind of wanted to compare notes about what we knew and what we didn't know and what we learned coming out from last night's premiere so yeah like I said that's coming up next but first as always my brother Can Willie Mac James. Uh, 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 Yeah,
1: I'm
0: Detroit's own savior
1: Detroit's own club Detroit's own future Detroit's own love I'm Detroit's own yeah, I'm Detroit, zone yeah, and I never asked for my heart back. You can have it without all you taught me. I never would have lasted. I know I can move through some. If we can get started.
0: Uh, back on these mics. my boy J Hurt was good, bro. Bro, we in here. Um, it's trying to stay alive, trying to stay alive. Let's talk, let's talk, bros. On, um, yeah, wanted to get you on the show. So, the good brother Jeremy, um. I don't think we've talked about his origin story before. We know he's a Bulls fan, but he's actually from Chicago um, and was in Chicago during the Chicago Bulls heyday. So with this um, The Last Dance, the Jordan documentary, debuting last night, I feel like we both were on pins
1: and needles for it. Uh, I, like,
0: I feel like I was about
1: to play, suit up
0: for a game. <laughs> I was so motivated. I heard somebody actually say that um, on the pod last night, a review pod, where they were just like, yeah, it made me want to, just do shit. And I'm like, yeah, bro. Like, it made me feel like I could do anything. The yeah. the Mikes and the cobs of the world, and the Kanye's too. I was talking to Deb about this a few weeks ago. Like, just kind of the, like, aggressively, just, I, almost, fe- I almost feel. Mentality. You said what? Like the super confident mentality? The, the confident mentality, but almost, like, just aggressive about it. Just the way they, like, they if you don't believe in the power of manifestation, like, just listen to them or just watch their whole careers because, really, the power of the mind is really what they seem to believe in. What most powerful people, but most successful people seem to believe in is, like, don't believe in none of the bullshit about you can't do or somebody's holding you back or yada, yada, blase, split. It's, like, it's up to you. It's self-determination. It's, like, I really appreciate that, man. I mean, there are—you can't deny the forces at, you know, the higher forces that are— holding niggas back but still like those those men specifically um highlight just how powerful the mind is
1: you know that was we will probably get into it but i think what i was really waiting for and hopefully they go a little bit more detail like jordan actually talking about where that drive came from because that Mm -hmm. was one thing as like a person who's just interested in people's stories like where his particular drive came from so him talking about how when he was growing up, his older brother Larry used to beat him in basketball. Shout out to and Larry. When he was working in the shed, like his dad used to say, "No, nah, you ain't, you ain't ready for this. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't know what you're doing with, with these tools and shit." And then yeah. he wanted to prove that he could like be worthy, basically, of his dad's like love and attention, so he could be like the best on the basketball court. And I was like, "Damn!" So that was an interesting little piece that I didn't really know, like in terms of where that first mm-hmm. kind of initial motivation came from. Yeah, I was gonna
0: ask you, um, what yeah. was the most surprising thing or the thing you didn't know from from last night?
1: That was I really, it. Yeah, that was I really it. didn't
0: know. I don't remember. Hmm. There I don't think I details, learned anything too new.
1: Right, right. There are some details about like the numbers in Pippin's contract, and I was like, damn, seven years, what, eighteen million or whatever whatever. It but it was, so
0: like, people made the to. point of um actually so I thought this was true, too, as I was listening to it. I don't really believe Ronsdorf told him not to sign that contract. Like, come on, man. It's the owner giving away the money. Like, come on. He's bullshit. Yeah. so trying to save face for this documentary. Right. Like, that's absolutely not true. Like, if you thought you was getting him at a discount, why would you then advise him not to sign that contract? Like, get out of my face. But um, at the time, like, 7 for 18 wasn't a crazy deal. The The thing that pissed me off about what Reinsdorf said, Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner of the team, he basically was like, I told him not to sign this contract, but the second he signed it, I told him, don't ask me for no renegotiations. And I'm like, It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Like, how could you? I don't know. So I was pro Scotty for like 85% of it. Um, for, the, for, for last night? Yeah. I understood Scotty's side. Um, well, Let's start at the very top. I want, yeah. So, I want to know, um, so first I want to know, like, your specific relationship with the 90s Bulls. Um, yeah, like, your like, any specific
1: memories going to the – I saw you post a ticket of a game you went through yeah. in, like, 97. Um, that's like mean, it, it was the uh, – I mean, I randomly stumbled upon it. I was going to, like, some old pictures, and I was like, oh, shit, this was the last year, 97, 98 season. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know – Obviously, so I'll be—I'll be, I'll put a disclaimer out right there. We grew up right outside the city in the suburbs, so people listening, I can't necessarily claim I live in Chicago, but you know what I'm saying? Periphery right outside the suburbs, whatever. So, uh, yeah, it, it honestly felt like the summer June tradition was just watching the Bulls in the finals. Like, growing up, it was just like, this is the norm. This is what we do. I mean, it felt that way
0: for me. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I
1: didn't know no different, so... May June comes around, all the families gather in front of the TV. We go over to our friends and family's house watching the games, and it just became like this tradition. And of like, oh shit, the Bulls win every year. This is what we do. And it wasn't until I got a little bit older that I realized, like, oh, this is not common. Like, Parade every
0: happy. June, bread. Like that's yeah, hype. Like-, like they got that one <laughs> clip of um. Them showing all the trophies was like um, everybody had one. Like Everybody starting five and field had a trophy to hold
1: up. I was like that's elite. That's a yeah. a real elite image. So that's that's kind of where my, my background came from. My dad and then I played basketball so then like just growing up you know late 90s early 2000s playing basketball. Everybody wanted to wear 23 and then uh, got a chance to actually see Mike play. Don't have many I'm memories because so I was seven. I was seven years old but the story was that You know, there was a new Mortal Kombat movie coming out and my dad's like, yo, eight o'clock, we're seeing this movie, but wear your MJ jersey. And I was like, okay, I'm seven. I'll wear my jersey to Mortal Kombat. That makes perfect sense (laughs) to my seven-year-old brain. And then we pull up to the United Center and I was like, this ain't no movie theater. (laughs) And then we saw MJ play. Uh, I think that the tickets were gifted to us by like a friend of the family Mm -hmm. who had season tickets. So like we sat damn near courtside. Yeah, I
0: saw the number yeah. and I was like, that's single digits. Like yeah. that's close. It was, it was a like, single
1: whatever. It was courtside, and then it was like the row right behind courtside. So we we weren't on the floor, but we were like, you know, one row behind the floor seat. So I was like, yo, that close to Michael Jordan. Man, no, we let me the tell rappers. you how seven year old me would
0: have been in my dad's hair. Like we gotta meet Mike, Dad. Like we too close. <laughs> We'll never get this close
1: again. Like, we too close. My, my dad just, I think his memory of that game is me just being in shock for, like, the first half. I don't think I said much. I was just like, yo, like, this is what I see on TV, and I'm here. So that was my first ever Bulls game. And then, you know, it's been obviously – it hasn't been the same since, you know, a <laughs> Bulls fan. But, shit, we're Man. talking about good memories today.
0: Y'all got six of them things, bro. I ain't trying to hear that shit. I um... – <laughs> No, that's the thing, though, is I, I felt the same way, bro. I definitely have a hard time explaining why I love. And that's the thing is, I guess, the older I've gotten, the more I realize I'm not really beholden to a team. And it's because I grew up loving a team that wasn't my team. I grew up loving Michael Jordan, bro. Right. Um, and so, and then part two of it, I've written about this before, was just kind of to six, seven-year-old me, it was like I can't like the Bulls and the Pistons. It they play each other sense. four times a year. Right, so right. it was like,
1: and yeah, and I'm like, I'm not about to. Is.
0: Well, this was after the bad boys. This right. was the um, Grand Hill. I think we had Stackhouse by then. Oh, Joe Dumars, Lindsey Hunter. It was like every night, like I think every other year we would be like the six seed. We would get put out right. by like right. Atlanta or something like that. <laughs> we, wasn't, we were never relevant. So I was right. like, why would I root for this team that wins 40 games every year and is like <laughs> average as fuck? Well like these niggas never lose. They never lose. Like why would I I so to six year old
1: me it just didn't made no sense. Um and it's yeah, just and how big the team was like it had a universal much. appeal. Like it don't matter basically where you It's like Bulls fans at that in the nineties especially were everywhere. Yeah. Um I mean it because I'm that, I think
0: I I mean I don't know how casual fandom works. I feel like I'm the the worst and best type of casual fan in like i'll i team jump every like four or five years but when i do it i go hard um warriors fan now yeah i, I went from i went from bulls to pistons because they ended up being good to the thunder to the warriors um which i feel like all my moves were justified i'm not here on on here to like hop to my basketball fandom i'm just
1: saying that like you these front offices are trash, though. Justify your fandom. That's a different podcast.
0: Man, these front offices are trash, which is a good segue to Jerry Krause
1: being oh a dickhead. I mean, so they came
0: right out the gate letting you know what it was, and I. It's he's not here to defend himself. So, and I saw some critiques RIP about Jerry that. Krause. Um, but I mean, at the same time, like fear. he was, he did seem to have a. I would unless they were. Spot on on the clips they chose to to highlight his, his character, his demeanor. You can kind of tell the type of person he was or the personality he had. Like, he's a Napoleon complex. He's around these giants who, like, look, yeah. on, on top of him not getting the adequate credit for um everything post-Mike. So, like, the drafting of Scotty and Horace and all that. So, I mean,
1: everything that right. got them the titles. He built, he, he built the, the, the team. Yeah, he built the team. But at the same time, he's like, like, how arrogant are you to think that, okay, now that we see that these players are mid-late 30s, let us blow it up. Like, how arrogant are you to think that it could just happen again? Like, look at the course of NBA history. It's the Celtics, the Lakers, and your team. This does not happen, Man, how about know, multiple times. That's the crazy part to me is that, like, the guy left.
0: Y'all became okay. I mean, like, not y'all didn't go to the dregs of the conference. Y'all became okay. But to, to me, that's the thin line is between we going to make the conference finals and lose in six, or we going to win the fucking title every year. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. that, that was the crazy part to me is Jay cross didn't understand that part. And I'm like, man, you know how hard it is to get there. You have five rings. Now, I mean, I was watching the 91 finals. And I was like, well, a couple of weeks ago, I've been in this YouTube rabbit hole of just gangs, nigga, period. Nigga. The same uh, shit. Yeah. same shit. <laughs> just gangs, period. But I I, tra- I traveled back to Mike in the last 10 to 12 days. um, okay. So, it's why it's 91 finals, just because I also wanted to see, in his prime, Magic. It's crazy that Magic's career just stopped, like, in his prime, like, peak. Yeah. He just had to stop playing. He was,
1: what, like, 31? 31.
0: Yeah. He just had to stop playing, just randomly. That shit is crazy, Fucking man. Shit. Um... Tangentially, I watched the, like, 96 Magic game, like, Fat Magic. He was still yes. cold, though, but that boy got round fast.
1: Yeah, it's, um, a, different, it's a different generation.
0: Different yeah, but it's just generation. wild to think. I remember, like, listening to the commentary and Marv just being like, yeah, this is Michael's first finals, and let's see if he can get over the hump. And it's like, mm-hmm. to think that he went from one to – and then you listen in, 90, in the 98 finals, he's at five going on six. It's like – you are blessed with a literally a generational talent, dog. Like the only person that's ever done this was a guy playing against like white, unathletic yeah. janitors. You know what I'm saying? Like the only person right. ever did this was Bill Russell, and he happened he, to the be league 6, was 11,
1: seven feet,
0: right? And the league was also like eight teams. Right. So I don't, I just don't quite understand the arrogance, the hubris.
1: Um, I think it's like I, I can understand it, but I also am frustrated by it because I feel like if you get to the point where like you are at the best y'all haven't lost in the finals you had some playoff losses but like you just think that you're just that good and i think you get lost in that shit which is crazy like it's not thinking logically it's thinking with your ego but
0: you but know, what I think, was and, the and then, we,
1: and then you have competing egos with like the players right and you have that quote of his that he said got taken out of context with the, the you know he players. said alone got taken yeah out. and i'm like so you can see how all those events would have You know this white short man thinking that he's the genius behind this when it's like forgetting how much goes into a team, players, coach, right, and just luck at the end of the day. There's luck involved. Pure luck, man. You get you get you get probably too caught up in your own shit to realize that oh, this is this is bigger than me.
0: But I just don't understand Krause's sort of the blow up plan. So you get rid of the greatest coach of all time and bring in. This college coach. Tim fucking Floyd. But it's also like, so what was your plan for the players? Did you think that – I mean, so the, your relationship with your two best players was done because Mike said he wasn't playing for somebody not named Phil and Scotty just wasn't coming back, period. So it's like, who was coming back, bro? The team – Dennis wasn't coming back without those three. So now you down your four most um, important pieces of the team. You down those four off-bill. Um, and everybody else is essentially, like, who who's supposed to be the best player this year? Tony, Tony Kukoc. Um Tony. That's it. Ron Harper is old and washed. Ron Luke um,
1: Longley. Luke like, Longley is not a best player talent. Scott, Bur- Scott Burrell was going to save him. He's going to step into that two-guard Shout out to
0: that scene, bro. I was laughing because, I mean, Mike ended up being nice about it afterwards. Shout out to Scott Burrell for, like, know how to play it off in real time. Cause Mike gave that boy the straight That face. was the coldest look. He was not ever. playing. He was not playing. He was like, why would I give you a hug for this little baby ass tournament, bro? Like this is not count.
1: <laughs> I was weak. I mean, it kinda, I, that whole team, like the the major players in the team, they're all like low key assholes. Like Krause is an asshole, Reinsdorf, Jordan, we know he's a big asshole. Mm-hmm. You can make, Pippin and uh Scotty Grew into an asshole. Yeah, Phil Jackson's arrogant as fuck. So Mm -hmm. you just had this team of people who got to the highest point of their careers and it's like, who's gonna be listening? Who's gonna be the one to listen? And like, yeah, I don't know. But that's
0: the I think the crazy part to me in hindsight, I thought I this is the first time I thought about this was last night, was given everything that transpired afterward, like the lockout and everything, and then we saw how that next year's finals played out. If they could have gotten it back together for six more months, they would have won that next championship too, bro. Yeah. The
1: Knicks C-
0: Just just out, out of right, just out of continuity, dog. Like the i mean, from every I mean, I vaguely remember that season and then I've been listening to retrospectives about it recently. And uh the Knicks were actually better in the eight seed. They kinda were beat right. up coming into the season and had to get their shit together going into the playoffs. Um so they weren't a technical A C and it was a short season, so they Split. But yeah, I mean Given everything, the Bulls would have been fine, bro. Like I think y'all went sixty-two and twenty in ninety-eight, and Scottie didn't play half the fucking year, right? So it was like
1: it was like forty-seven games he didn't play,
0: right? So it was like I, I all these considered, and it, the, just given the Mike factor, bro. Everybody's terrified of Michael Jordan. So um, Tim Duncan a year or two against Mike. I think I'm still taking Mike.
1: I'm pretty sure I'm still yeah. taking Mike. But at the end of the day, I think I'm glad it didn't happen because it's still like that big what if, like, okay. Yeah, at the lose... end of the
0: day, I was about to say that too. Jerry Krause, I'm kind of glad he's getting, even in um, a negative light, I'm glad he's getting the shine because he is important to the, to the myth of Michael Jordan. The fact that Jordan never lost is actually because of Jerry Krause. If Jerry Krause was probably a better general manager, Jordan doesn't take time off. Jordan doesn't retire in 98, and he ends up losing – once or twice, and his finals record isn't perfect, you know. But the yeah. f- people might be the go is hung almost exclusively on the perfect finals record at this point. Oh, I mean, definitely, everything definitely else definitely is, is everything else is important, but it's like you put him up against LeBron. It's like well, LeBron. Every, I mean, that's what people start with is LeBron three and six in the finals, and it's like
1: he went to three more finals.
0: I mean, I'm not here to. This isn't yeah. LeBron versus Mike podcast. LeBron I'm just saying that.
1: Was, was revving up last night. I feel like these next five weeks. It's, Ooh, it's about to get. LeBron high about to be. About to get sticky. No, I
0: mean, I saw somebody talk about next week. Because um, that's, that's been a sticking point. I still think Mike's the GOAT. I have a, a top 25 NBA players all time pie coming end of the week with
1: one of my homies. But um, I agree. I think Mike's the GOAT. I think Mike's still I think still the GOAT. GOAT. But, I, mean, I, I think I got caught in the back and forth 2016 when LeBron cast pulled that off. I think the three, the three one comeback.
0: I think LeBron's the best player I've ever seen. I think that Mike still be great. I think there's a difference between greatest and best. I feel like I'm right. like doing yeah. real gray area semantics. No, shit. I
1: know I, I know what you mean. Like greatest all around talent, skill wise. Like that's clearly LeBron. But as far as like yeah, the, there's the there's an intangible skill wise versus the greatest like just magnitude of like winning and like sheer
0: just. I trust Mike on a basketball court. Like I just what am I trying to say? There's a there's a mysticism to, to Michael Jordan. Anytime so,
1: Yeah.
0: I felt like and this is me remembering watching those games live at five, six, seven. I just never felt like he was gonna lose. And I feel like to me, that's the purest installation of like what it means. I was talking to to my homie about this we was recording the um Top Twenty Five power where I was just kinda like to me, like, cause he was like, we really don't remember the games, and I was like, I remember a lot of those. Jordan, I remember a lot of those Jordan playoff games, and the reason I remember him is because he was so much better than everybody else on the court. He was sunning them niggas like they didn't deserve. It is almost like he was above it all, and I I perceived that at like six years old. I was like, yeah. They don't – he is so much better than everybody out here. Like, this is incredible. It's like as a
1: fan, you buy into that. And as a player playing against him, I'm sure you buy into the fact that, oh, he steps on the court. He's not looking good. Like, everything – he's almost the most believable basketball player of all time.
0: Whereas, I was saying this about LeBron. There are almost moments with LeBron where you can tell he's, like, thinking about what he has to do in that moment. Where it's like, I got to be the hero. I got to take this shot. Or, like, if I don't take this shot, somebody's going to yell at me or, like – he, I, I know when LeBron's going to go to the line and miss an important free throw. I never felt that about Mike. If Mike missed a shot, I was like, what the fuck? When LeBron like, missed a shot, I'd be like, oh, well, okay.
1: You know? Somebody had a really great tweet. Like, and of course, there's like the kind of hyperbolic, exaggerated conversations on like the killer instinct, killer mentality shit. But I do think that Jordan and LeBron's mentality is definitely different. So that the tweet, I think, was like, LeBron wants to win. Jordan wants to destroy you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... That kind of is, it's kind of accurate. Like, I don't think that the Braun, when it's said and done, is ever going to be as competitive oh, as no. Jordan is. Of like, you know, that we saw the clip at Chris Paul's camp, like, shit like that, where I think Braun has a better perspective on just life and, like, different <laughs> moments of, you know, like, enjoying people's company. And, like, Jordan's like, no, I'm going to win every single thing I put, yeah. like, I, I'm, I'm a part of. So I think that mentality, it's, it's, I think it's a piece of, like, the GOAT conversation mm-hmm. in terms of, like, how much, like, you're willing to sacrifice relationships and, like, mm-hmm. you know, that interpersonal sh- shit within teammates that I think Braun is a little bit more, I don't know, conscious of how he comes across. And I think that p- it plays out on court, on the court, unfortunately, yeah. but for his, for his uh, detriment. But, No, for
0: sure. But, I mean, two things to that point. Um... So in episode two, they show, which I didn't know, and this is what I didn't know, um, was the, the minute restrictions thing when he came back from the broken foot. Right. Um, seven minutes a half? That's no time, bro. <laughs> like, There's literally no that's time.
1: What do in that amount of time.
0: And he was keeping them competitive in fourteen minutes. Like that's crazy to me. So the game against was at Milwaukee or Cleveland. It was. Indiana, I think. Indiana. It, it was a Central Division team. Um, right. Yeah. The the fact that Jerry Krause came from the stands to, like, keep him out, and I thought it was, like, really dope that, like, one of his teammates held his hand to, like, keep him calm. Um, but the fact that he was, like, still excited, I feel like when we think about – somebody else made this point on the pile I to, um, recap. Just this idea of players talking about wanting to win – and, like, really wanting to win. But then what they mean is they want to win as long as they look good doing it. Mike wanted to win. I feel like we think about – I always thought about Mike, too, in this way. Um, and Because I, I think just kind of proximity – well, our proximity to Kobe where Kobe always had to take the last shot. Kobe always had to – we always looked at that as, like, well, that's the, that's the mentality he took from Mike. Mike didn't really care, man. Mike would kick it to Paxton. Mike would kick it to Steve Kerr. Mike would, like – and not to say Kobe didn't make those passes too, but I think sometimes we forget that, like, Mike made the pass too. When we kill LeBron for making the pass to Daniel Marshall in the corner when he got an open look, right. it's because it's the right play. It's not because niggas want to be heroes. When it's time to be a hero, it's time to be a hero. I was making the point about there were finals games with Mike when I would look at the shot attempts and I'd be like, He's breaking a lot. Like, I mean, he's yeah. breaking a lot. He would have his 14 for 40s, and I'm like, you missed 20. But that's the weird part, too, is Micah missed 26 times, and I wouldn't see any of them. I'd be
1: like, when the fuck did he? Right. I think the fact that he, that point you made earlier, the fact that since he's undefeated in the finals, all the games where he went like 14 for 40, it don't really matter. Yeah, it don't. He probably won that series in the end of the day. Yeah, nobody's,
0: so, nobody's looking back at the field goal percentage, bro.
1: A lot of his either bad games or you know, one-off things here there get erased because of his finals record. So, and that's kind of what LeBron fans point to, but I don't want to make a LeBron-MJ conversation, but to your point about, like, that uh, 14-minutes restriction game Mm -hmm. or season, it's really interesting looking at, like, like you said, how who really wants to win because they ended up squeaking into the playoffs as an eight seed, and then they had, like, a legendary series against Boston. 30 wins? I remember reading about that as a kid and being like,
0: a 31-team made the playoffs? Like, ooh. <laughs> right. right. That's nasty. Um, so I, like I want to see Mike's finals field goal percentage. I'm just curious. Basketball right. reference. Yeah, B-bar ref. Shout out to B-bar ref. I've been trying to learn how to master this thing over this
1: quarantine. I ain't got that great at it yet. Oh, I stay on basketball reference. <laughs> Looking up the most random stats. It's wild because
0: B um, Bar Reference dropped around the same time as. Well, it dropped um, when ESPN.com was a, a good resource still. So I was just. Because I was on ESPN all day anyway, just reading. So that would be my um, stats resource too.
1: So I never really got on B Bar Reference. Um, playoffs totals. He didn't shoot bad. He shot about 46% Okay,
0: in the playoffs, yeah. But I I don't know. For some reason, I had these memories of him in the finals just chucking, but it not really mattering because, like, who the fuck else was going to chuck? I almost compared it to, like, Kawhi and um, the Philly game seven last year where it was like – Because that nigga took up – He took 39 shots. shots. But who else was going to shoot him? I remember that game, and it was like – it was almost like – it was like – who was on the floor? It was him, Fred – Serge being shook shocked me a little bit. I was like, "You've been in too many important games." But, he in those
1: games where he goes ghost, like just out the picture.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah, he took what thirty-nine shots for forty-one points, and I'm like, "Hey, he had to do
1: it." Got the W. He got the W right. Nobody cares. He got the W and the ring at the end of it. So, one thing that I didn't know, I know like that Scotty had like a kind of a tumultuous relationship. I didn't know that he actually demanded a trade. Yeah, I didn't know in the that either. series. So that's one thing that. Stuck out to me. Like so
0: Scotty, I want to talk to you about Scotty. Um, I am not a Scotty Pippen fan. Haven't been. A I'm, I am. I am. I am growing to appreciate because I'm a.
1: He's so cold.
0: So I grew up. I grew. I grew up in this age of binaries, bro. Or like I grew up believing in these binaries rules. Like I, if I liked like Michael Jackson, I couldn't like Prince. If I like Biggie, I couldn't like Tupac. If Michael Jack, if Michael Jordan was the goat. Then he could be a goat next to any at small forward. I have long argued three. that like Rick Fox could have been Scottie Pippen. He oh like God. Rick Fox got to Chicago first. Jesus Christ! That's like I just kind
1: of my argument, but Scottie's the one who was there, so Scottie deserves the credit. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. I, that's that's one thing that I learned that like I was kind of shocked like the fact that even like okay Jerry Krause asshole uh, contract was shit, but the fact that he even requested a trade during that final year. It's like, that's to the, that's to the point of how bad it got. That was pretty surprising. I think like there's a video of T-Mac saying that he was potentially in a package deal, um, in the 97 draft. So like, he went have to the Bulls. And I think that's one of the deals that they were like alluding to. And like the Jerry Krause press conference was like, yeah, we're taking all offers. And I think that was one of the deals. And then I was listening to, uh, Bill Simmons podcast, and they said that another potential deal was for the Celtics, but he always thinks that deals are for the Celtics. Yeah, so I, I don't that, know right. how much you could relate right. to stop um, into that, but it's crazy how he could have been traded before the end of that year.
0: Krause was not um, – that is one thing about Jerry Krause, and that's what I was talking about. about you kind of understand the type of person he was from the clips they chose. They cherry-picked. He wasn't a diplomatic person, didn't feel like. Um, between like the entire wedding fiasco where he invited the new coach and not the current coach. Um, when he said that thing, when Reinsdorf went above him to get Phil hired for the 97, 97 98 season and basically was like, they needed to talk. I'm glad they talked. I'm like, you were the one holding up the deal and so Like, what are you talking about? They needed to talk. They weren't, they, they don't have beef. You two are the ones with beef. Um, for him to straight up be like, yeah, we're always looking at great deals for our players, including Scotty. I was like, one of the five best players in the league? You just openly like, shopping you, this nigga? Like, there's no, <laughs> us, man. there's no, like, I was, I was flabbergasted, bro. Like, you have no chill. So, mm-hmm. the fact that Scotty Scotty, I mean, turned up on him. I understand, like, why you can't do that in public. But it's like, man, fuck you, dog. Like, you don't respect me. It, it always seemed like Jerry started it was always a level of respect at the beginning with all these people, with with even with Mike.
1: And then by the end, like he just burned all his bridges. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean I think it's to so that Scotty contract, you understand like why he signed it because, you know, obviously you take care of his family. Mm-hmm. So it's like I saw people on Twitter like trying to clown him because he signed like the first NBA three sixty deal, which is kinda of <laughs> funny, but like uh, <laughs> oh, man. So, I so see it was that, that but also, like, where is Scotty's agent, like, agent in this documentary? Like, who negotiated this deal? That's that was my like, primary suite, like, bro. Who is the hell he? was Scotty's agent? Right, where is he?
0: Who put, the put hell, hell was Scotty's agent? Because that's the thing is they mentioned that pretty much immediately after Scotty signed that deal, salaries took off. So I'm like, right. again, it's not Jerry Reinsdorf's job to tell Scotty to not sign a team-friendly deal. That's not his job. Um, it's your agent's job. So where the fuck is the agent to be like, yo, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Again, But also as a black man from Arkansas, you see $18 million After taxes, you still got about 11 12 That's a lot of zeros, bro. You ain't never seen that type of money ever in your life. And I'm sure that shit's stressed in, in, in Arkansas. But I think Forever it's like it's to work.
1: the point of like it not being the GM and owner's job, I feel like it – that was probably their mentality to say, we got to get the best deal financially for the franchise. But then you look back now, 20-something years later, we can't sign free agents in Chicago at all. Nobody, no, as the third biggest market in the country, nobody wants to come to play for the Bulls, this quote-unquote historic franchise. We can't sign a free agent because they do not trust this franchise, the management, the ownership. And they, they see what they did to their best players of all time. So it's I feel like that part, hopefully, I mean, they probably will address that at some point in documentary, the fact that you have this historic franchise, but since then, no real free agents have. Yeah, that's like, going to be, here. that's
0: probably be the final episode.
1: Yeah, it's like the legacy of what happened in 98. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that, I think you see franchises now try to be a little bit more kind of, I don't know, uh, compromising with, like, players' demands, obviously, and, like, making sure that they don't screw themselves over for the next free agent. I think the Warriors do a good job of that.
0: I mean, you got to – it's almost like – I heard somebody compare with the Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and Brooklyn thing. It's like, yo, max players are almost investors in the team in a way. Like, you can't pretend like they don't have some sort of organizational sway because – why else would they be your max players? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you gotta not necessarily cater to them. That's that's almost too heavy, but you do have to take it into consideration what they will want. It's shitty, but I mean they hold some power. They the superstars. Um,
1: another, another quote that stood out was uh, <laughs> they said when Phil went to go meet with uh, Krause, he said even if you win 82 games, yeah, to bring you back. I'm like, yeah, that's what. That's you, the second
0: thing I wanted to bring up. Like, how, how do, do you, you say that? How do you say that? This guy has won five chips, bro. I just can't. It, it takes a level of arrogance to me to be like, Tim Floyd is going to come in and even be a facsimile of this. Tim Floyd? Who the fuck I will Iowa State head coach Tim Floyd? Like, come on, bro. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm really looking
1: forward to, like, since I think it seems as if the clips from Jerry Krause were, like, during this era, so I wonder if they have any interviews of him before he died, talking about like that 97, 98 season, maybe having some bit of remorse for how he carried it, because obviously he can't defend himself now. He's dead. Right. So I wonder if there's any footage of that, at least going forward. It's like the next episode of him being like, yo, yeah, maybe I would have, you know, carried that differently. We'll see. I that mean, footage would be interesting.
0: I mean, we got that one clip of him trying to um do real time correction of that quote where he said like right. I didn't say just that organizations win it. I said that like everybody in, in collection
1: wins championships. Right. Which so, I didn't know I don't know the actual quote. So that was that was a you know I don't change anything. But exactly
0: the, the the documentary made the point that like he was still making a very specific point to a very specific player. You can't run from that. So
1: Yo, black men, are you tired of being told that men are trash? Are you tired of hearing over and over about toxic masculinity? Are you tired of having black masculinity defined for you on the videos, dancing? I bet. Check this out. Cue the music, please. My name is Jeremy Hurt and Let's Talk Bruh is a podcast that I host on Black Masculinity. We have conversations on Black Masculinity and take it into our own hands, define it for ourselves, and break down what men are trash really means, as well as what it means to hold ourselves accountable for toxic masculinity and the ways that it impacts us and women. I have conversations on vulnerability, mental health, friendship, sex, and much more. Being a black man, as we know, is a full-time job with no days off. And Let's Talk Bro is a podcast where all black men can have deeper conversations outside of Twitter's 280 characters to vent, to laugh, celebrate our wins, and call each other out for problematic behavior, like telling your boy to man up when he's crying, because what does it really mean to be a man if you can't cry? With each episode, we try to do our part in considering and suggesting new visions of black masculinity. Let's Talk Bro drops every Wednesday anywhere you can find podcasts.
0: Oh, I also want to talk about the North Carolina days, man. Young Mike, bro. Shout out to 19-year-old seen, Michael I, Jordan. I said I that last seen night. those
1: highlights. Oh, you hadn't seen? Yeah. Those, those UNC highlights. I only saw, basically, like the shot against Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Like, I think his junior and senior or uh, sophomore, junior year kind of get erased from history. No, they
0: really do. Because
1: that nigga was, was balling. I was, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, shit.
0: I, but the reason why I hadn't seen those highlights, I felt like I hadn't... Um, almost hadn't thought about myself cuz like you said th- those years get a race he won player of the year his junior year that's almost why he came out cuz they were like you're going to be a top 3 or 4 pick but then they hear it's wild to think by the time I wanted to become a basketball player my goal was to become 6-6 so I could become like a legit shooting guard yeah. and to hear those clips of um Old players being like, "Yeah, I can't see a six-six guy being that impactful. He's a little guy." I'm like, 6'6 6 is a little guy."
1: Right. Was that? It was, it was fucking Mark Eaton. Mark like, Eaton and. How, but how dare you?
0: Well, Frazier even said it though. He was a guard who won a title as like the second best player on the team. He was like, "Yeah, I don't think he'll come in and make an impact right away." I'm like, "You
1: got some nerve, bro." It's crazy. How, I mean, it makes sense at the time. It's such like a big man dominated league, like power forwards and centers.
0: Shout out to. Part. I always want to interrogate the fact, not even interrogate, because it is what it is and it should have happened. And I appreciate the fact they acknowledge that it would happen today. Hakeem going number one was never a mistake. Mm-hmm. It just, yeah. I mean, Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all the time. Hakeem is somewhere between, I got him at five. I think he's somewhere between like five and yeah, 10 could, and most reasonable lists. We
1: say he's a top three center yeah.
0: easily. So, yeah, so I mean, but. It's I just weird how we define bust, you know, like Sam Bowie's a bust, un- undoubtedly, or like a mistake. But I I don't know, I don't know. They, about, sh- but, should would would Michael Jordan have been as good on the
1: Blazers? Would Clyde Drexler have been as good on the Blazers? I don't nah, know, I don't know. I feel like if you I feel like if Blazers drafted Mike, he probably wouldn't have turned into the player that he turned into because he would have been competing with Clyde, and then.
0: You or know. he might have just ran Clyde out of the league. That's, that's part yeah. two of it, where like Clyde would have had to go find him another team. <laughs> so I don't know.
1: I also think about Bust, though. I feel like we put a lot of pressure and emphasis on the player who becomes the Bust instead of the franchise who drafted this player. Yeah. So it's like, not, a, not even the Sam Bowie point, but like, just even Bust in general, it seems like it's like, oh shit, this nigga was trash. But it's like, maybe the team should have scouted better to see that this nigga wasn't actually like Kwame Brown just able to bust, but
0: there are like arguments Jordan. that <laughs> there are arguments that like the good players figure it out no matter where they go. Like yeah. I think so. Bill Simmons and them been doing this uh redraftable series, redraftables, yeah, and they've been talking. To, so the the one I found the most interesting was what if Dirk goes to the Clippers? I'm like, I think he don't work out. So, but imagine jumping from being the 15th greatest player of all time just by getting drafted by one franchise. But if you get drafted by the worst franchise in the league, you end up back in your home country in 18 months. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's the variance, bro. Dirk,
1: Dirk in L.A., fresh out of Germany, I don't know if that's a fit.
0: Not even in L.A. on the Clippers specifically. Like, that franchise is poorly right. run at that point. Nobody would have been around to help him. Donald I mean, Sterling definitely there, wouldn't like, have been interested.
1: 97, 98? Who mm. was on the team back then? Uh I'll Eric Tywaski. I I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Oliver Candy came in what, ninety nine? I think know. he was the year like, after, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think Eric Tywaski was like on that team. Only
0: reason I remember him was he, he had a clip and his last name was funny.
1: Used to uh, play play with that nigga in uh NBA
0: Live. Oh yeah, on live at Corsair shit. Um but, yeah, those UNC clips was elite, man. I had no idea he was that cold as a sophomore and a junior. And then said he wanted to come back as a senior, which I guess was just common back in the day. Right, it wasn't, like, an uncommon thing. Um, but most college players still do that shit. Um, Miles Bridges came back to Michigan State for his sophomore year when nobody saw that coming. Why? His, dress, his stock didn't go nowhere, bless God. But that was my primary thought was, like, bro, you not going to get no better, so. Let's just hope that, like, you stay where you at. Fucking around and risking an injury trying to come yeah. back. But, I mean, I get it, though, bro. I mean, these kids. You saw when when Mike um got injured, he went right back to school. He was like, just let me go to school. Right. When you're 20, I guess adulthood is hard. It's like you got all these responsibilities. Now you got to pay bills. You're looking around. And you're like, well, college is actually, like, preferred to having to be an adult, like a full-time adult.
1: Yeah, so fuck all these responsibilities. Man. <laughs> that that injury that injury uh that story I didn't know about like the 90 percent, ten percent. Yeah, I didn't know about that it, either. This nigga was like, Well, how hard of a headache is it? I was
0: like, Well, how <laughs> bad is the
1: fucking headache? How bad is the fucking headache?
0: Mike's such a killer, man.
1: Shout, also shout out
0: to ESPN for um keeping them up. I thought they was gonna be behind the ESPN plus paywall for uh after well, the, they played them live.
1: Uh, the, so I think they had the edited version on ESPN, too. That's a tweet that I saw. It's like if you wanted to have the, bleep, the bleeps or just edit out. I don't know. Last
0: night after it was in the app, uh, the TVMA version was in the app. Still available to watch, so I don't know. Let me check just to be sure, because I'm like, I, I watched them live. And then, because I, I got to episode one a little bit late. I was brushing my teeth. So I didn't see the first like three minutes, but I rewatched, um, after they played live. I re watched episode one all the way through. I fell asleep halfway through the Scotty one, you know, so I gotta re watch that one
1: again. <laughs> Disrespecting Scotty again. God damn, Larry. I know you ain't like this nigga. But I'm, a, I'm, like dog.
0: I said, like I'm, I'm, I'm warming on Scotty, bro. I've come to appreciate,
1: like, dog, his, his game was so. No, tight. he had a very
0: special set of skills that translated well he to me and like well. Michael Jordan's teammate. Yeah, yeah,
1: they complimented Jordan's skills so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, Two way player. People sleep on Scotty's bounce. Like this nigga has so many posters. Like. And
0: playing could with Scotty, I mean, correct the
1: point if needed. Yeah, no, playing with Mike unleashed Scotty in a way.
0: I mean, I made fun of the idea that like anybody could have anybody with Scotty skills could have been Scotty, but playing with Mike made Scotty the thirtieth greatest player all time. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, yeah. like Scotty, Scotty reached his ceiling playing next to the thirtyth greatest player all time. Like I gotta respect it. Um, and there are games. I remember like shitting on Scotty as a kid, but there are games when. He would turn up. Like you said, he had his posters. Um, he had a clip from time to time. He would get half from three. So, um, yeah. But my, So, I guess, like, up, my Shepard. disdain for Scottie Pippen comes, like, directly from my dad. Because my, my dad would relate to me this story about Scottie Pippen and his migraine, I guess, playing against the Pistons. He, like, he got this real yeah, bad migraine. Yeah, he used migraine. to get
1: frequent migraines, yeah. So, yeah, my dad was like, yeah, Scottie never showed up when it mattered. Well, I, I think like, it's, ah. like, also the story that, like, Scottie shot himself in the foot when, like, he wouldn't go back in the game.
0: But I'm on, I'm team Scotty, bro. Phil kind of showed him up, bro. Like, you already know that he had beef with Tony based off like the contract situation. and Jerry Krause, I guess like. you gotta,
1: you you can't just not like, like leave your teammates hanging like that. Like, I can understand like being upset, but like that says more to your teammates than more about like your relationship with like be pissed at, Phil, but don't let your teammates suffer because of that shit.
0: Surprisingly, well, not even surprisingly, Phil Jackson totally chill about Scottie Pippen's behavior throughout his entire documentary. Like the Zen Master, he don't give a fuck.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like
0: the, the I mean, but even the injury thing, he was like, "Yeah, I got it, totally understood." Like whatever. And even,
1: even his response to uh, "You could win 82 games, won't bring you back" feels like, "All right, cool," because he probably knew I'm going to LA and gonna win five more. Like he already knew. Like he had a, he had probably had some plan. type of exit strategy. Maybe he had the plan. Was he already dating Jeannie? I, that, I feel know. like that'd be
0: in conflict of interest in a way. He probably, he probably couldn't be loud about it if he was. <laughs> um, he just went to L.A. often. <laughs> or she went to Montana. She Yeah, she went to Montana. To the woods. Um, but, I yeah, I'm something. excited for next week, dog. I, I said I wanted to do a weekly recap with you. I ain't trying to put that much pressure on you. You said you, you might not have that much to say. I don't know if I have much to say, each one. I think, like. Have well, I, I'm excited for uh, the Rodman episode. I, I forget that Rodman has a connective issue
1: between the Pistons and the Bulls a lot. Because yeah. those are two different Rodmans. Those are two totally different Rodmans, bro. Like He came back with the hair, the tats, the wedding dress, all that shit.
0: Man, the, the, they better do like 10 minutes on the, on the whole fake wedding thing. That shit was weird in the moment. I remember thinking like, I remember looking at those pictures on like the tabloid shows, the Inside Editions and shit. And being like,
1: "This is scandalous! Like, this is actually what scandalous." Is this, what is this nigga doing? Like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, I hope they talk. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to see like any any type of Karl Malone slander. I am always here for. The man, Karl let's Malone get sweater. it. Let's, like, let's fuck get that, it. Fuck that nigga. That was a play. That was a player that at the time I had irrational hate for, and then as I got older, I realized how much of a shit. <laughs> shitty human being he was. It's just like, oh, this is justified.
0: Now we we both have a rational hate for for Carl. I think he got in a fight with Isaiah, which I always felt like was weak because Isaiah's 511 like on a good day, right.
1: <laughs> like, come on, bro. I'm trying to think what else I'm looking forward to from this doc. alone, slander.
0: I wanna know, and I mean I feel like they they won't really get into it because um it wouldn't be it's kind of irrelevant. But what I want what I really want to know is like the relationship dynamics between I feel like they, did a, they well in in yesterday's episodes they did a good job a highlighting how much Jordan and Scotty got along and b how reticent Jordan was to criticize Scotty or anything publicly anyway I want to know like when Mike came back in 95 how Scotty felt because Scotty already felt a way about Phil showing him up with the Tony thing right like, I'm sure Scotty mm-hmm at a point, wanted to prove that he was the best player on a, on a championship team where he didn't need Mike. So for Mike to come back and immediately relegate Scotty back to the sidekick role, I'm sure, like, had to hurt yeah. his ego a little bit. I don't want to go into that. Um, hopefully they talk in the Rodman episode about just kind of how Jordan and, and Scotty had to deal with that nigga because I'm sure – not even I'm sure. It wasn't easy. It couldn't it's have been not... easy.
1: Well, it's funny. I think there was a clip, I think – was watching something with Isaiah Thomas, and he said that he was saddened, I guess, by the way that, I guess, the Bulls and Jordan and Pippen kind of dealt with Dennis Rodman Mm -hmm. in terms of just, like, the way that he kind of spiraled during those years with, like, the eccentric shit. Mm -hmm. And I guess, like, during the Bad Boys Pistons era, there was much more, like, love and kind of, you know, nurturing to Dennis Rodman. So, I wonder if that'll probably be a piece of, like, this, this week's episode. Just so like, from
0: what I remember bullshit. about Dennis's story, he was really close with um with with Coach Daly with Chuck Daly. Mm-hmm. So I think after he got to San Antonio, because Dennis had a crazy life, bro. Like Dennis's childhood was insane. 30 to 30, he was wild. Insane, bro. So um, yeah, I feel like after he left the pit, so I mean, I think before he left us, he started just acting out a little bit, and um. When he got to San Antonio, he was wild boy. I'm trying to figure out how that worked with David Robinson. Cause, um, it didn't.
1: <laughs> that's,
0: what, that's why he didn't last there that long. That nigga
1: was out of there. That's why it didn't last that long. But yeah, like, by the time he how, got like, down there, he was on tip. He said, what? Did you hear about how the, uh, the doc even like came to fruition this time? Because that was an interesting story. What's what story you heard? I feel like I've heard like, like a couple of different. I was ones. reading the uh, the ESPN article. I think Ramona
0: Shelburne put it out. Okay, yeah, I, I, did, like, I didn't I was... read nothing. I didn't. I didn't know. I don't know nothing to what these
1: episodes is about. I'm mad. I know what episode three is about because I saw the, the yeah I saw some Kyra. tweets, but I tried to like, and then then yeah. I heard that like apparently the rest of the series leaked online. I'm like I'm staying all the way. Leaked? I, yeah, oh, God. like a fucking album. So <laughs> apparently, according to this Ramona Shelburne article, of course they you know, recorded the whole season, 98, 97, 98 season. And it was up to Jordan, you know, whether yeah. or not they were gonna release it. And he was like, nah, um, the producers basically said that, okay, we're gonna record this season. Did you know Adam Silver was in charge of NBA entertainment at yeah, the time? Yeah, yeah, that fact. was that was a part of the article. And then yeah. apparently the producer of it was the brother of Michael Thompson, mm-hmm. Michael Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. So he went to Jordan and was like, yo, it's your call whether we touch it or not. And Jordan was like, nah, I'm not fucking with it. So it just sat in New Jersey, the archives for like 20 years. And then whoever was producing it now basically went up to Jordan and was like, I think it was the day the Cavs beat the Warriors mm-hmm. or, or the, the parade. And like said, yo, what's up with this documentary now? And Jordan was like, okay, I'll, right. I'll, I'll think about it. And then from there, that's how it kind of got to be released. Yeah, so I, was, I was reading that shit like, God damn, it took that long, and then the day of this Cavs-Warriors parade, Jordan finally gives it the okay.
0: Well, like, he, he protecting the legacy now, bro. Yeah. Like, And I respect it, because um, I mean, I'm a prisoner at the moment. I think after, after that night, I put LeBron... I think LeBron's number two. I don't think he'll ever get to number one. But that night, he was like 1B. Like he yeah. he had done something I thought was incredible, um, so for Mike to finally relent, I do appreciate it because yeah. I remember yeah. like watching the like the terrible TV movies as a kid that like just were poorly it was done. It's trash. <laughs> it was poorly done, but like, they were Michael Jordan movies, so I was like, oh cool, Michael Jordan story. Yeah.
1: But and then was interesting in that article they talked about how like. It was MJ was like the only player during that time that wouldn't release his likeness. So like, you know, just reading more about that, that like, obviously that's why he wasn't in any video games until like recently. I
0: thought it it was because he wasn't like part of the players union.
1: And so I think he was the only player to like opt out of like this one clause that would release their likeness to video games and whatever other else things that were happening at the time. He was the first player to ever like opt out of that shit. Because his name was like Player Ninety Eight on side. right? Like that. And I guess his, his his team's defense was like, anytime his likeness is used, his value's diminished. I'm like, bam, everybody's hmm. Jordan. Like your likeness is not gonna be diminished. Like let, let us play with you and NBA Live, bro.
0: Yeah, due to license agreement, this is on side. A facial player named Roster Player Ninety Eight is used in Jordan's place. Roster Crazy. Player Ninety Eight. Who was Michael Jordan? Because he had a ball head and was a ninety nine and everything, so it wasn't like it was too hard to tell. Um, but yeah, uh, good fun fact. I had no idea.
1: Yeah, but it, it is interesting. After twenty sixteen, especially with the way the internet works now, it was kind of necessary to come out and say, "Yo, this is the story. Don't let you motherfuckers get this shit twisted," because the internet will have you thinking that like LeBron is by far the greatest player ever. And this nigga named Jordan played against like five, seven white dudes. Like, anytime there's a meme, I think that said, uh, <laughs> anytime LeBron fans see a white dude guarding Jordan, the Leonardo DiCaprio meme of him point at the screen. <laughs> like, like, nigga.
0: Basically, like, don't, though. Don't Basically,
1: forget though. That, like, JJ Barea balled this nigga up in the finals. Like, don't forget.
0: Mike's career is so perfect, though, because to think that. It's so um, fucking perfect. To think how it started. I take pride in the bad boys Pistons being the sort of the the lever that propelled him to the heights that he reached. You know what I'm saying? He needs to, go, he can, needs to go through that. He needs to go through that. Um, but then the way he dominated the '90s is almost mythical. I think about that's the thing about Mike that I think gets lost when you talk about him in present tense is that in the '90s. He was like you said, like y'all had parades every year, bro. He he, he was death in taxes. Like it was Michael Jordan's gonna have a parade every gym, and so it's hard to it's hard to understate. The beginning of episode one did a decent job of it. Shout out to the, that outfit Oprah had on when um, when Mike came on. That R F it was clean, lady. Um, but yeah, Michael Jordan was the most popular, famous person in the world by like ten miles, bro. I don't think there was anybody for. Again, for me to understand how famous Michael Jordan was, I was four, dog. That uh that Gatorade be like Mike commercial. I hope they like get into his um his corporate ties eventually oh, in the episode. Sure they will. I love that commercial. I would just sing that shit. Like I love that that like Mike. If I could be like Mike
1: um, I think my favorite commercial is the one where old Mike's playing young Mike. That mm, shit mm-hmm. so. That commercial was hard. Apparently that the young Mike was played by Jamal Crawford. Out of all people. Mm. Yeah, they did some CGI shit to like hide his face, make him bald. But apparently it was Jamal Crawford and somebody else who played young Mike while old Mike was played by Real MJ. Real, yeah, Real MJ. Shout yeah. out to
0: uh, young CGI or the old version CGI because I had no idea. I thought that was – well, I, I don't know how they did it. But I knew it was elite. Um, so
1: the thing also about Mike's career, he still has like – so many what ifs about his career like if he doesn't doesn't retire after the 93 season Mm -hmm. what the fuck happens do they win those two and if he if they lose how much does that impact his legacy do do they win you know six seven and eight like 96 97 98 like there's so many what ifs in his career that makes it just so much more no that
0: that sliding doors is intriguing it's so hard to imagine him winning eight in a row, bro. Eight in happens. a row? I don't think it happens. Eight in a row? And yeah, that's the thing problem. is, like, if he, wins, if he wins four in a row, it's almost like by sticking around, it affects everything that happens afterward. You know what I'm saying? So if he wins in 94, do they win in 95? They win in 95, do they win in 96? They win at, So it's like you can't, you can't count for six if he keeps playing. He yeah. might end up only winning four. You know what I'm saying? He might, only, he might stop at three.
1: Even his whole career is looked at differently. Exactly. Compared to like the stars who came after him. So it's like one of the, the greatest what ifs to me is just like, okay, what happens if he doesn't retire? And then kind of kind of a what if is that he does retire in 98. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what if they keep going? Do they keep winning? Do they lose? And like, it's a... Because he was 35 in 98.
0: It's, a, it's hard to imagine like that Because Ronsdorf said it, like, other than Mike, everybody was coming to their tail end. And I'm like, he's also old. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. It wasn't like he was just turning 30. Um, But I also heard something about when he did come back in 95, it wasn't to – he said he was done with, like, the Pat Ewings and the Charles Barkleys. He was done with them. He was coming back to face, like, the Shacks and those guys. And it's it's wild to think that – that's kind of why I don't respect um, – I don't respect Charles in a way. I don't respect Pat in a way. I don't respect Carl in a way. It's like, y'all were no match for Mike, bro. Like, y'all the, – the 90s is a very weird time in basketball history for me because while I'm also acknowledging the Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time, I also think that the 90s was full of, like, niggas who wanted to be good at basketball but weren't the most athletic. And so it's like it's Mike and a bunch of niggas who, like,
1: just wasn't his equal. So you, no. you're going to get the LeBron fans <laughs> clapping amen in your corner. <laughs> you no, know. I think I think the, the mic just denied a whole bunch of niggas rings. Like, if there was no Mike, I think you see Pat might squeak one, get a but ring. But without tra- Mike, Charles do I care about Pat ring. Ewing? That's the thing is, I never Not found personally. Pat Ewing to be, like, a compelling
0: character. Maybe nah, Charles, maybe. That's why I hold Akeem a, in such esteem, Brizz. After Mike left, somebody had to win. Akeem did it, so.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that, like. It's funny how that happens. Where like a king, because of that, his status on the greats is so much more elevated because he right. was able to break through two years when these other niggas. Yeah, where, that, like, where did Where
0: everybody else go? Like Charles, was, Charles wasn't old. All of a sudden, he had a chance. Right. He didn't win. The uh, New York wasn't bad. I mean, New York was in those finals. So if Pat Ewing wins one of those rings,
1: is he viewed? Oh my god! Is if if the Knicks squeak a championship in those two Jordan- mm-hmm. years and Jordan wasn't there, like? Pat Ewing's a god. John Starks Pat, might be somewhere top 50 all time. Pat Ewing's a god. The Knicks are looked at as, like, an elite franchise. Yeah, all of a sudden they're, like, yeah. a
0: historical franchise again.
1: And it's like, fam, you've won, like, one championship, 78? Come on. Tell me. No, the, the side and doors moments that you think about, when you think about them, they're incredible, man. Like, what if what if this nigga becomes like a, a – I don't want to say Derrick Rose, but if, what if he his foot never heals and it's just like – We're not even having this conversation. The fact that... What
0: if if it's the 1-in-10
1: chance and he, like, fucks his shit up? The fact that I think everything damn near broke right for Mike is crazy. Like Storybook. He had the injury that took him out the season, but he still came back. Never had any injuries after that, basically. Undefeated in the finals, but he retired twice, so it's, like, it's a lot of, like, perfect scenarios for this man's career. And I don't even... To me, in my opinion, the years in the Wizards never happened. I don't acknowledge those.
0: See, you know, that's like, the thing is I don't my book.
1: it never happened. <laughs> I don't begrudge
0: you for feeling that way as as a Bulls fan. Just I'm as a, purely as a Michael Jordan fan, I was happy to have him back, bro. I ain't gonna hold you. I was, I was like, totally what are fine you with him.
1: This is ugly. This jersey's ugly on you. Like the Bulls. He was away. still twenty-one a night,
0: though. I didn't oh, care, it bro. Was, it was hard to watch. It was I ten buckets a night from my favorite player ever. I was cool. It might have been hard for you for like, this, like this other reasons. Gross.
1: The basketball was fine. I was like, you of course it doesn't ruin or tarnish anything, but you had a chance. I mean, it's still like, it doesn't ruin, but like the last shot in Utah, like there's- Yeah, that nobody, is the thing. I don't that think the there's thing. an athlete that that's career ended on a note better than that. I'm trying to really think like what athlete left the game with a, an iconic moment, fought, like follow through. What if, this is another I sign doors moment. What if the ref caused that push off? Off a of foul, we going back the oh, other way. Oh, there would've been death threats at the door. I'm like, no. <laughs> we that, going that,
0: back that, the other <laughs> way. <laughs>
1: In in my in my uh in my biggest stand moment, I will defend that there wasn't a push off.
0: Come on, bruh. Hand on his ass. He pushed him. I don't mind it. It was beautiful. It was so that's the thing, he did it so um in in such one motion that you couldn't call the foul. It it, it would been different if it was like a chicken wing or some
1: shit like that. Like it was so poetic that you couldn't. It's call almost it. like the audacity of you to think that Byron Russell could hang with me. Like fuck is you doing?
0: He I mean that's the thing he did. He had him on his heels. He said he was going. Michael Jordan. Somebody made that point about, and I don't know if this just speaks to the athleticism of pe- of people in the nineties or whatever, or or pre this era of basketball, but. Mike's ability, even at age 35 to like start in a direction, stop on a dime, and the person just keep going. I've n- to this day, de- the two things I took away from watching the documentary last night was Mike's stop on a dime is better than anybody in NBA history, and Mike's handle, Mike, at least in the half court is incredible. I never realized his counter move history was so, cu- he like, he could go right. If you stopped him right, he would cross back left, cross back right a couple more times. Mm-hmm. He, no matter what you did with your hands, he had another move for until you got tired. And then you'd be out the way and he'd have an open 15 footer. And I'm like, yeah.
1: Yeah, end the perfect of it, combination of it, like yeah. strength, but also quickness at the same time, which like you don't see that too often.
0: Like, and efficiency with his moves. Like, if Kyrie yeah. knew how to be efficient with all that shit he
1: did, he'd be
0: unstoppable. But he got to go all over the fucking place. Like, Mike had had you on a
1: string and got to where he was going at the same time. Which is why I'm not ever really mad at the Kawhi comparison on that regard. Mm, with mm-hmm. like The handles stop on the dime, like, always in control, stronger than any defender that, like, tries to really come, come on him. Like, that's the one, like, as far as offensively, Seem kind of Kawhi developed that comparable to Mike. I don't never, I mean, Kobe, I don't even know if Kobe had that, like, just control all the time that no, no, Kawhi no. and MJ have.
0: Kobe didn't have the, um, Mike's jump shot is almost, I ain't gonna say like parallel, but it was straight up and down with that leg kick. Kobe had the leg kick, but his shot was still like a fadeaway. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah they're like, they're allowed to I think Mike? I felt like I always felt like Kobe was overcompensating in the arms because he was always fading on his shot where Mike was yeah. like
1: straight up and down. So and the fact that Mike like hung in the air so long when like going up for his jump shot or going to the hoop, like the defenders couldn't do shit with that.
0: And the jumper was pretty consistent. Well, I for some reason his three pointer was more of a set shot, but there would be like he would run like this, they would run this play where he would, like, come around the free-throw line. His, like, just free-throw line extended jump shot. He would elevate so high. I'm like, for a 15-footer, bro? Okay. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, that's all I had. I was just really excited to talk about it. And then part 10 of this, too, is, like, I haven't heard any black men recapping this at all i've heard a bunch of white men talking about it yeah i've never heard
1: it's all like the white uh dudes outlets
0: yeah like the white shit. sports commentary and i'm like was he not impactful in a majority black city for 20 years like what, what is going on so yeah you got any um final thoughts on the doc? Well, the first two episodes anyway
1: no i mean i i was i was excited for it like a playoff game i think i don't have any complaints Shit. Like,
0: yeah, through the first two episodes. I'm I was just I was like a little
1: kid again, like watching the two episodes you had last night. Like I was just giddy. Like, oh my god, this is my team again. Like he was here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm I'm sure for you it was like perfect nostalgia. I'm I'm tripping off the the um the video quality, bro. I love nineties video quality. Love, love, love. Like if we could go back to that video quality today, I'd be totally fine. Well
1: somebody had a thread about like not the video quality, but the actual photography quality mm-hmm. of '90s basketball. But I guess in particular, like Michael Jordan photography, and like how just the colors are so like vibrant. Yeah, I don't know shit about photography, but I can notice a difference in just like oh yeah how no. those photos look compared to these photos. Everything's digital now,
0: but also teams have gone with um darker primary colors, and like pretty much in every team's reboot, it's like they've either Change their color scheme entirely, or like go into a darker version of that color scheme. So I think back to like the, the Pistons in the '90s when we changed our colors. Our, we were like teal, and yeah, like we had like a bright yellow turquoise. in there for, there for yeah. some reason. You know what I'm saying? Like we just went mad bright. Teams were going bright in the '90s, and then all of a sudden it went it came darker. So um, also, what's age the worst? And I was talking to one of my homeboys about this on Twitter last night. Um, they did not keep the time and score up. And I don't know if that was just sort of a... a...
1: Oh, in the 90s? Like yeah, in the 90s, mark? yeah. Yeah. I don't I mean, know if that, that was a programming thing. YouTube, some old YouTube gang of like, what the fuck, what's the score?
0: <laughs> that's, and you that's the know. thing is they only showed it out of timeouts and after a score. So if right. it was, um, if you just popped in and they wasn't no scoring for a while, which happened in the 90s a lot. Yo,
1: I remember that shit. That's a good point. I forgot about that. That's yeah. interesting.
0: Or, like, you had to hope that Marv was just gonna say the score or something like that. Like, if the ball got knocked out of bounds, and then Marv would be like, 80 78, 9 50 left in the fourth, or some shit like that. But otherwise, you were out of luck. You got to hope somebody to to score. But also, part of it too was they were showing some of those scores last night. I think
1: y'all lost a game to the Hawks by like two, it was like 80 to 78. 80 78, yeah. That was the, the one of the games that Scotty missed. Oh, God,
0: those 90s scores,
1: is- man. I mean basketball. up till
0: I remember at the beginning of last season was the begin well, I think it was the first of 1819 the scores were just astronomical and I was like if it, if we're going to have 150 145 every night I'm straight and they started to normalize I think like maybe 2 3 weeks in but those first 14 days I was like Take me back to eighty seventy eight, please. And then I had to think about it, and I was like, actually, no, nah, I'm straight. I like, don't need to pick your poison, basically. Right. So I mean, I think now they've now that we in like the, every game is pretty much like one twenty to one fifteen. I feel like that's yeah. that's reasonable. Right. Still, still a little on the high side. It's I'd still, rather they be like 105 98.
1: That's that's funny. my range. It's funny because going through this YouTube binge of old basketball. Like, I love the NBA today, but watching previous games, like, it got me thinking, like, oh, I appreciate this so much more because it's so many goddamn three-pointers in today's version mm-hmm. of the game. It's like three-pointers are going to the basket. But, like, Man, seeing a, li- a little more variety, I'm like, okay, I-, I did miss this shit. As much as I love today's version, it's just like
0: – The most just, marginal – it's, it's I, I mean, I hated to make this comp in, in, in real time, and it almost diminishes – my Dwight Howard Hall of Fame um, argument. But I was watching Pistons... Either Pistons, I think it was Pistons Celtics, because I have memories of a green parquet floor in my head. And just the most marginal big man had moves, bro. Like, they dumped it into Rick Mahorn. He gave uh, either a McKella pair, she's like a back down... No, he faced him up. Gave him a face-up, triple threat, ripped through, uh, dug his shoulder into him, fade away. And I was like... I've never seen Dwight, Dwight Howard do that, like a face up, get my own bucket that easy, and it looks smooth. I was like, Blind Bill Cartwright, resistant. just you know, right. the shot was ugly, but he could get a shot. Yeah. Like I don't know, like I like to that point, I feel like late eighties, early nineties, especially, I felt like that that basketball specifically is right up my alley, man. Yeah, I loved how they played. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. I'm excited for next week. I don't know what episode four is going to be about. I'm yeah, only I'm really marginally excited for episode three. Hopefully they I like reveal I more any. about Dennis. I mean, but...
1: besides like the little Twitter uh spoiler that we both saw, I don't really know what like the other episodes are gonna be about. I'm just watching it as it comes in. Right. So Watch we'll as they happen. come.
0: Watch as they come. So yeah, I'm um yeah, I'm excited. Hope y'all are excited too, you know what I'm saying? Yes, you know what I'm saying? The last dance. ESPN, this is not a it's not an ad. I feel like Jeremy and I are just very excited for y'all to talking, talking
1: shit to
0: attend the church of Michael Jordan with Man. us for these two hours
1: um for the next five weeks so it's a beautiful time. It's a beautiful in time in this quarantine it's a nice uh, piece of joy
0: <laughs> What else are you doing um, I, I need to, I need to look up the ratings. I'm sure they got a monster rating last night
1: that's what I'm saying like it was the perfect time to drop this shit because obviously insecure comes out but only a half hour so.
0: and Insecure is streamable I mean everything is streamable but I for sure was like I was just watching Insecure at 11
1: yeah there's <laughs> some shit you gotta watch live
0: if you had nothing else to add we can wrap up for sure
1: yeah I'm, I'm Gucci alright bro
0: bro I'll hit you up later
1: alright be safe
0: yeah stay safe in these streets All
1: Right, corona free
0: coronavirus <laughs> alright bro <laughs> Thank you one more time to Jeremy. Y'all listen to Let's Talk Bruh podcast on black masculinity wherever y'all stream your podcast drops Wednesdays promptly at midnight. So if y'all subscribe, go to Sleep Wake Up. It'll be wherever you stream your podcast um, when you open your eyes on Wednesday morning. Um, please check out everything going on again at whatsootshim.com, Albums of the Decade, Photography, Consulting. Um, photography is obviously on hold with social distancing and everything going on. Um, with coronavirus but y'all please stay safe um, stay clean wash your hands do what you got to do to uh, stay here with us because this thing is not playing around it's taking folks close to my family and um, close to folks I know so just please 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 be safe in these dangerous times Um, like I said we'll be back Twice this week, uh, Thursday with Elms of the Decade, and then Friday, Keenan, Terry, and I rank our top 25 NBA players of all time. It's going to get a little bit spicy. I hope it's not um, too controversial. So, yeah, looking forward to dropping both those episodes. Looking forward to talking to you with y'all then. So, see y'all then. Bye.